Welcome, welcome to another episode of Gas Network Present Sports for the Culture. I'm here with the family. Price, XXV, Double I, Rome, C Melo, Cross Lion, T Buggy Man. This is the greatest sports show on the planet, La Familia. Hope you're ready for a ride. Can't wait to hear what you guys got to say. Welcome to another episode of Gas Presents Sports for the Culture. I am your host today, Rome, Young Rome 22 on all social media. As you can see, I am hatless. My man Lamar Jackson let me down a couple weeks ago, so I'm going to honor the bet. I got the hat, the hat hanging up behind me. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and introduce the squad, and I'm going to start with the man who got the dub, the man right next to me. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, man. Chip her up a little bit, man. It's all right. We'll we get through this show. It's your man, T-Boogie, man. I'm here. Ready to have a good show, as always. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Never bet on Lamar Jackson. Better yet, never get, a, never bet against Patrick Mahomes, man. You know what I'm saying? If you don't want to lose bets, you want to keep your hat on, you know what I'm saying? Stay ten toes down. <laughs> bet with me. Bet with me. Don't bet against me. All right. I'm going to toss it to my man in the top left. Introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, people at home? I uh, just want to thank everybody for tuning in. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and I appreciate that. That ass. But um, now nah, it's a beautiful night, beautiful day. We're ready to get into it. I had to drop the whole bar for the for the people that's listening at home. Y'all know I rock, I rock with the goat. But uh, yeah, let's get into it, fellas. All right, and last but not least, man right above. What's good? Bryce XXV Double I, aka Mister Big Leaguer. AKA G O E. That's gas over everything, baby. Hey, I'm blessed to be on another episode with you fellas, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's definitely get into it. We got a lot to get into, man. Let's get a quick little rundown here. We got a top five coming for y'all tonight. Uh, top five movie villains. So stick around for that. We're talking Doc Rivers to the 76ers, week four in the NFL. But uh, first, we're going to kick it off with what's going on right now in the NBA Finals, man. And uh, there's a little bit of beef between uh, Jimmy Butler and, and LeBron. T, I know you got a lot to say about this, man. LeBron was was storming off the court at the end of the last game, uh, had a little bit to say to Jimmy. What's your take on this on this beef, man? I mean, I felt like I felt like LeBron kind of went out like a sucker. Man. I mean, I've seen this from LeBron before, not shaking hands, leaving the court. I mean, Jimmy put up a historical night, right? We got to respect LeBron for his historical greatness. We gotta respect Jimmy Jimmy Buckets for his historical night. Like he he did what almost no one has done against LeBron, right? And for you not to shake that man's hand, for you to just walk off the court, not to be able to take the trash talk that you started. You know what I'm saying? According to Jimmy uh, Buckets, you said pretty much y'all in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like it's over. The game wasn't over. I don't know, man. LeBron sucker move. Stay on the court. Respect that man. Shake his hand. Or he might do it again too. You might be walking off early again. I don't know about that, uh, Bryce. I see you shaking your head, man. Why don't you jump uh, in here? I don't know, man. T T with a with a bold take. I'm not gonna call it a hot take because it's not even hot. It's just bold. It's real, real bold, man. I don't know. I, I see. I see the. I see LeBron. You know, closing this out. But I do think the the back and forth between him and Jimmy Butler is interesting because. One thing about Jimmy, he might not be the most skilled player in this series, but he might have the most heart. And if we debate in the heart, who got the most heart, you got to put Jimmy Butler in that category. And I think 
you know, a lot of a lot of his game is predicated on that. And he's been carrying this Miami Heat, pulling this team up with him to his level of, of heart, his level of dog. And you love to see it. You love to see him not backing down from LeBron James when a lot of players, you know, would. And uh, he, he, he's rising to the he's rising to the task and he's making it happen. So you, you got to give him props for that. Uh, that crazy triple double. Letting Brian know, man, y'all the ones in trouble and y'all the ones taking the L. Now, that might be their only victory, but you can say he, he got one. Nah, That's true. It ain't going to be his only victory. It's an underdog story, man. Who doesn't love an underdog story, my friend? Everybody do. All the great movies have the underdog stories. The Rockies, the boom, boom, boom. Yeah, underdog story. Ain't no bigger underdog right now than Jimmy Butler in the Heat. Yo, they made it all the way to the finals as a five seed. That's never, I don't know if it's ever been done before, but it hasn't been done in my lifetime. I ain't seen it. So, yo, Jimmy Butler, and one thing I love about it is, yo, he's bringing the right energy. You coming at the king, like, you better come with the heat. You better come right. You better come correct. That's all I know. Because Jimmy Butler, he coming. He's not scared of LeBron. And that's how you got to come. Like, you can't go into the ring with the king and be acting like, you know, like you're, you're in there with greatness. You got to be like, nah. Like, I'm right there with you, bro. And that's what Jimmy Butler doing. And um, he, he bringing the heat. Literally. Y'all think Jimmy Butler going to win the, the battle with a little slingshot? Man, I'm sorry. It's not happening, bro. <laughs> this is LeBron James, bro. Like, I love Jimmy I didn't Butler. Say he was gonna win I the love battle. the heart he, he battles with, man. But this series is going 4 1. It, it just is what it is. Man, they're talking about underdog stories. Like, it's a movie. Like, this is Rudy or something. Or, like, like you know, you know what it really reminds me of is like professional wrestling. It's like you're, you're suspending yourself from reality because the reality is it's going to be LeBron. It's always going, like I said, from the beginning of this whole bubble thing, it was going to be LeBron. I mean, but y'all can, you know, pretend Jimmy got it. I, I like Jimmy, you know, he does have a lot of heart. He's a dog and I hate to bet against him, but we're talking about King James here, bro. Come on. Y'all don't like entertainment. Y'all don't want to be entertained. Y'all want to <laughs> watch a sweep. Is that, is that fun for y'all? Like, come I mean, on, I'm a basketball fan. I like watching entertaining series. Jimmy Butler tying the series up tonight—that would be great for basketball. Great for the but fans. It's, not, I love it's, it. it's great, great for basketball, but not great for my logic. I'm being logical, man. I'm not giving my predictions based off what's great for basketball. When it comes to my predictions, I could care less what's great for basketball because at the end of the day, people, people are going to hold these predictions up and they're going to say you were wrong or you were right. So I got to go with what I think is logical. And I don't see—I just—I mean, don't get me wrong. I know we're making this about LeBron James versus Jimmy Butler. But let's not forget about AD, man. And AD is yet to have one of those AD type of games yet. So just imagine when AD goes for his 40 and 15. That's that's a W for the for the for the Lakers. So I'm just saying, man, it's, it's levels to this series. I love Jimmy Butler. I love what he's done with that young squad. But it's going for one, fellas. Come on. Yeah, Scruff, I hear you. I, I like an entertaining series too, man, but I'm just trying to keep it real here, bro. Like, you know, you you know it too. D deep down, you know it too. Look, man, like, look, my man Ty Lowe, man, he said Jimmy wants some more. And he did something incredible. He had a triple-double, 40 points with 70% shoot, man. It was like there was no defense out there. And, and the further that point, the further that point, why did LeBron James open up this game tonight as we speak? Why did he open up the game on Jay Crowder? This is this, this is y'all king, man. This is y'all goat. He said, you know what? You're not my goat. You guys won a game. Let me let me go get some Jay Crowder. You know what I'm saying? Let me get a play. That's crazy. That's could couldn't be my goat. Kobe would Damn never. All right. Kobe would never. The fact that these guys couldn't sweep the heat speaks volumes to me. The fact that the Heat are still in this game 
as we speak speaks volumes to me. We can talk about LeBron's greatness all you want, but it's these moments where people get to pick them apart. All right, well, wh- which one is it, man? Is it that Jimmy Butler is good enough to make this, this series co- competitive, or is it that LeBron isn't good enough to sweep the heat? Uh, you know, it's- we can't be saying both things. Like, either LeBron right. is, is what we're saying he is, or Jimmy is what we're saying he is. It can't be both. Uh, so that, that, that leads us to the next question. Can the Heat even make make this a really a competitive series, or is it going to go 4-1? I said it was going 6 when we talked about this last time. I, I don't understand why it's not competitive. It looked like competitive basketball. I'm looking right now. It looked real competitive to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Two-possession game. That, that's competitive to me in the second half. I don't know what y'all talking about. All right, so the Lakers – go ahead, go ahead. I don't understand y'all, man. Like, yo – the Heat, are, it's, not, it's not over. It's not over. After they win tonight, if they win tonight, and looking like they could, it'll be tied up, man. I said Heat and six. I mean, I said uh, Lakers and six. I'm sticking by it. But um, like I said, let's make let's, let's make this interesting, bro. And it's not about – I hate the narrative about is LeBron not good enough to sweep. Like, this is the NBA. Like, you know, like, we're so critical of that, man. LeBron's, LeBron's great. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it's going to be a good series. It's going to be competitive. I don't – but nobody wants to see a sweep, man, or a 4-1 or – Gentlemen sleep or none of that. Not in the finals, man. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah, nobody really wants to see a final sweep. Ratings are down. Uh, ratings are down, period, across sports. But nobody wants to see a final sweep. So, in, in the spirit of the game, it, it'll be in the best interest for the fans, for the sport, for it to go six, even seven. Who wouldn't want to see a game seven? Hey, man, T, you just made a great point, though, man. This, the ratings are way down on this playoffs. And I think the same reason the ratings are down is the same reason that this series is so competitive. Because we all right now have now you don't you don't have players sticking on teams anymore and uh, you know every every year it's a new team nobody's really dedicated to these teams the casual fan can't get dedicated to a team because Jimmy Butler's on has been on think about it Jimmy Butler's been on five teams you know what I'm saying and he's and he's he's in the championship right now thriving but I'm just saying he's been on five teams it's like you can't it's not the, the days are gone where Larry Bird's on the same team his whole life you know what I'm saying or you got <laughs> Kobe's the last of the Mohicans man like you know so. It's tough. It's tough. And I think though that reason alone might be why the ratings are down and why this series is so competitive, man. These are two teams that were kind of thrown together, thrust together in the nick of time. Right. I mean, I think some of that has to do with the bubble. I think outside the bubble, I don't know the Heat even make it to the finals. Um, <laughs> but ratings are down because we're on. You know what I'm saying? Why would you be watching the GOAT when you can watch the GOAT talk about, you know what I'm saying? Y'all feel me. But hey, so T, let me let me put it to you like this then, because you said if it, if we weren't in the bubble, the, the Heat might not even make it to the finals at all. So, are there, is it only competitive because we're in the bubble, or if we were out of the bubble, would this be a sweep? If we out of the bubble, this is it's probably still not a sweep. Like I I don't see LeBron as a sweep guy. Like if you, I think most guys that get to that championship will get one or two off LeBron. Period. Just. He's not. A, I agree. He's, not a guy he, he, he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. You're right. I mean, um, I don't. I don't know who made up this crazy uh, new age term of gentleman sweep. I don't know, man. <laughs> but I, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it's not a sweep. You you even slept him or you did. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't really like the term gentleman sweep. I don't know. I don't know how that how that arose, man. But what I will say is, if LeBron four ones. You know, four ones the Heat, and he just four one everybody the entire playoffs all the way to the championship. What's that? I mean, that's that's, that's pretty impressive, right, T? For Anthony Davis, yes. 
<laughs> See, that's why T wants the, the series to go seven games. He just wants to throw salt on, on LeBron. That's all that is. I mean, that would be enjoyable. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it's going to shake out however it's going to shake out. You know what I'm saying? If he if he would have got the sweep, what could I have said? But he uh, didn't. He didn't. If he wins hey, tonight, tonight hold out, I take it back. You was gonna find something to say regardless, T. That's one thing I know about you. That's my you was job. Find something. I'm gonna do <laughs> you my gonna job. All right. <laughs> All I know somebody is just, when this somebody give this man a rave. <laughs> Yo, before these playoffs started, I said one thing. Y'all, we talking about quarantine playoffs. What's it gonna take? Are we going to look at them as, as funny champs, funny style champs? Oh, quarantines are the same type of game. You're right. What I said, I said the team is going to rise up during this quarantine and it's going to fit them. They are going to be embracing the challenge of the quarantine. No team did that more than the Heat this year. Not saying the Heat are going to win the championship, but the Heat are going to make this competitive. If they did win the championship, that would be great. But they're not going to. Lakers and six. But, yo, Jimmy's a dog. He got the team on that dog mentality. And that's what you got to do in the bubble. Man, he got a haircut in like what three months? It's, it's kind of it's kind of disturbing. Hey, if the if the series ends four one, are we calling it a competitive series? No, no absolutely not. Okay, then. So, 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 no. so the, the Heat the Heat have to get another win. It's not gonna happen unless it happens tonight, which I don't see it. I mean, but we can still talk about how LeBron did not take on that challenge. He did not answer that call and say, <laughs> "I want Jimmy Butler." Like I want to be the guy to stop. Him. That's, that's, but that's kind of LeBron's MO, right? Make the right play. Be the team guy. I I hate it, but that's kind of what he does, so I'm not surprised. But I'd like to see him personally take on that challenge. Talk trash back. Stand there and say, we just saw in the last dance, when, when you talk crazy to Jordan, that next game, he was coming for your throat. It looked like you talk crazy to LeBron. He hit you with the, I'm going to do more of what I was doing. <laughs> so you want, so you want him to guard Jimmy, right? You want him to guard yeah. Jimmy, right? Like Giannis did, right? The MVP, because that's what that's what that's what MVP did, right? Well, Giannis, two different <laughs> positions. You know what I'm saying? Oh, when you don't ask Giannis to guard perimeter players, get out of here. <laughs> you don't. Well, you can ask LeBron to though. Okay. Yeah, same guy, same player, same body. That's because we LeBron. Can they tell me LeBron everybody. can guard one through five. He gonna that's guard one. So yeah. if you if you believe that, then what does that make him? I, I got to. Uh, I guess it makes him an elite defender. But if you're an elite defender, why wouldn't you go guard the guy that just beat you by himself? Pretty much, the man had a triple double on seventy percent shooting. Seventy. Because you you don't want to hear this, but that just might not be what's best for the team, for the no, overall no, no, I team. Agree. I agree. I agree. He he is a guy. He's the ultimate play within the system. Ultimate role player. Hey man, and let's not forget, man. These these players are running behind five, six, seven pick pick and rolls on on one possession. That's tiring, man. You, you if, if LeBron, what he does on the offensive end <laughs> takes a lot out of you. I mean, he runs the entire offense, so you want this man to run the entire offense and then get caught in five or six pick and rolls. You know why he's guarding Jay Crowder? Because Jay Crowder stands on the outside of the perimeter and doesn't move. So you know what LeBron does. <laughs> He's getting wind in those moments. He's he's catching his breath in those moments. So when he goes back on offense, he can control the, the game. You're not wrong with that. LeBron's the offense. Literally, literally, LeBron LeBron makes the whole offense go. If LeBron doesn't touch the ball during an offensive set, nothing's happening. It ain't it ain't it ain't going down. He needs I mean, he I needs don't, a, he needs to save that energy. It sounds I crazy. Mean, I feel like Rondo's doing a lot of uh, running the show. He's out there. Let's not discount that you got 
a, a, a great guard, you know what I'm saying, one of my favorite guards of all time out there, playing some of his best basketball. I don't know what happened, but Rondo figured out how to shoot. I mean, that's a game changer in itself. But, because it's a bubble. Right? It's almost like shoot-around. Everybody hits it in shoot-around. Uh, yeah, everybody make it when there's no – you're right. The bubble, everybody make it when there's no, no crowd, no pressure. But there's another yeah, guy that's done it before, that's been there before, linked up with the king, man. I ain't hey. seen – all right, man. This it, is, be, right. it be like that, bro. <laughs> it be like that when you king, man. They People want to come join. What you supposed to do, say no? No, Rondo, you can't play with me. You played with Paul Pierce, KG, and Ray Allen, but me, not me. Come on, man. Come on, come on, Rondo. Let's get this chip. Come on, right. man. That's crazy. <laughs> Treat Rondo like that. <laughs> yeah, right. He's tagging along for, for the ride at this point. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And uh, like like my man in the comments said, man, uh, every king rules in different ways, man. I, I like how he sums that up. Hey, that's that's actually a good point. And that uh that, that gives me a thought, fellas. You know, and every and everything is supposed to be a king, right? We call him LeBron the king of this series. You know, there's a king of everything, but you know where there's no king right now? The NFC East, man. Let's try and get into the NFL, man. Let's start off with the NFC least, as we're calling it today, because uh, it hasn't been impressive. Scruffs Eagles looking looking bad. Me and Rome skins might be looking worse. And Gerardo's Giants. Uh, he still probably got the paper bag over his head right now, man. So let's jump into him. I'm gonna start with you, Scruff. Obviously, as the Eagles guy, and it, was, it, was, it was only a week ago when you didn't want to talk about the Eagles. You look like you're a little happier today, though. I mean, slightly, slightly, slightly. Um, I, I gotta say, I was kind of mad about the tie, but the tie proved it's coming handy because uh, that's now we're half game right there. I've never seen anything like it, and honestly, that's maybe I have last season. Actually, I did see something like it. we weren't quite. The division wasn't quite this bad. But I, all I know is, from my history with the NFC East, that we can play like trash, and then all we got to do is wait for the opportunity. It doesn't take much for us to come right back and turn it around because the NFC East is garbage. So the fact that we're one and two and one and we're in first place in any division, it's pathetic. Straight up. It is. It's pathetic. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> hey, right now, I, I feel you, though, man. It is, it is pathetic, man. It is pathetic. But – you know, I, I said this about the Eagles fans, you know, about a, about a week or so ago. I said, man, one win, one win for the Eagles, man. <laughs> You'll be right back. Rome, I think Rome remembers. Uh, these dudes flapping their wings and stuff, man, man off of one win. No flaps, no flaps. We're flying high. Eagles are not flying high. They're flying low. But it's high enough to win the NFC East. That's all I know. It, 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 you don't have to be too flying too high to win the NFC East this year. That's for sure. Rome. Let's break down the skins a little bit, man. I know you've been covering them closely. What have you thought so far about how they started, man? It's, it hasn't been it hasn't been too many bright spots. Nah, man, it hasn't been really too many bright spots at all. Outside of the defense, though, I, I I'm willing to say we probably have the best defense in the division, uh, but nobody's gonna point that out right now. Mostly because the Cowboys' defense looks like trash. Eagles got a few injuries, and I mean the Giants are just the Giants. But, uh, I mean, Washington, I think we still have the best chance in the whole division to turn it around, honestly, uh, if you really think about it, because it's not like we're missing anything. All of our players are only going to get better. It's not like you can get worse from rock bottom. So the way I see it is Washington has the best chance to turn it around. It's anybody's division. People can laugh and shake their head like it's crazy. But I'm pretty sure my man next to me, his team is at the bottom of the division. 
and where where he's at over there out west. But um, we, we're not we're not worried about that. We'll we'll see what happens when we meet up with them. Hopefully, they got some of their players back so we can make it a fair game because they just they just gave the Eagles their first W, which is which is what it is. But I don't know, man. I don't even know why the NFC East made it onto our production sheet. In all honesty, fellas, the NFC East is trash, bro. Like I have nothing positive to say about my own squad. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm about to get a bag and just put it over my head like Geraldo. Like that's that's where we're at. Yeah, man. I think you do bring up a couple good points, man. And maybe I'm being a little bit of a homer by saying this, but I might have to agree with you, Rome. Uh, I think we do have the best chance of turning it around, man. I mean, but that says know, a lot about how defense, bad the division is, too. Yeah, absolutely. Our defense has been balling. The biggest problem has been the offense. And like you said, man, you can only go up. Dwayne Haskins coming off his first 300-yard passing game. T doesn't agree. So let me go ahead and throw it down to the bottom left. I mean, if you didn't know, these last two comments, you know, groups of comments, I don't know, man. But drug use in the D.C. area is on the rise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You know, if, if you're having an issue with that, contact me on my, my social. I'll get you in contact with somebody and get you the, the help you need. But um, it's that's crazy. That, like, what are y'all talking about? The, the, the Washington football team is going to turn it around? Like, we, what are we – when is enough enough, man? You know what I'm saying? This is not this is not even a joke. The coach has cancer, right? The coach has cancer. The team doesn't know what to do with the quarterback. Uh, you got a you got a guy playing safety that doesn't look like he knows how to play football. Uh, the defensive line is pretty good. I'll, I'll say that. Outside of McLaurin and I mean, you got three young weapons. Let's not take away anything for those three young weapons. But this team is not going to turn it around. I mean, I, I will. I've said this forever. You want to be really good or really bad. You don't want to be in the middle. You get in the middle and you pick another guy that might help, might not help, man. It, stay with Haskins, win four games, and be happy, be thrilled about that, right? Long as, long as you're competing, that gives you a chance to draft a guy that might get you over the hump. Draft a few guys that get you over the hump. Don't be in the middle. The team is going to turn around into Cowboys. Dak is on, on, on pace to throw for something crazy, right? He won't do it, but right now he's on pace to throw for like 6,000 yards and some ridiculous amount of touchdowns. We keep talking about Russ for MVP and all this stuff. Dak is lighting it up. I mean, and no, we all no. said before the, we all said before the season started, right? The Cowboys have so many weapons on offense, and and it's showing. They haven't even been using Zeke, and they've been putting up point after point. If you have Dak as a fantasy quarterback, you're you're probably three wins up right now. You know what I'm saying? So their defense. It's their secondary. It's a lot of injuries in their secondary. But if their secondary gets healthy, all the Smith has been playing good in their line. Like, that can't play defense. But if you get healthy and make a run, that team has enough weapons to make a run late. They're better than the Eagles. They're better than the Washington football team. And the Giants, we shouldn't even be talking about. They're on the clock. You know what I'm saying? Between them and the Jets, they're on the clock. Start scouting draft picks. But why are we talking about Washington football? What does turning it around mean? Seven wins? Six wins? Seven wins could win this division. Yeah, that could be playoff here. All right, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. First of all, you can't mention Dak in MVP, bro. Like, his team is one and three. His team is one and three. Like, and you're talking about fantasy if you have him in fantasy. Yeah, he's getting you a bunch of great points in garbage time. In garbage if, time. That's all he's doing. Garbage when that time. game – when that game was on the line, that man fumbled twice. He had two possessions. I, I believe one of it was a tie game. Got hit, strip sack. Come on, that's your MVP. 
if you're Dak's agent, you're going to look at the numbers and you're going to tell Jerry Jones you might need a new defensive coordinator because my guy's lighting it up. Hey, you might need him to play defense if he's going to cough it up like that twice in a row. Two fumbles, man. Come on. We, we, we killed we killed Dwayne for all these, these turnovers. We killed Carson Wentz out in Philly for his seven interceptions, but Dak's going to get this pass because he has all these crazy yards that he got at the end of a game that was already out of hand. I mean, I know he can't play defense, but that's why I don't think Dallas is going to turn it around because you can't turn around effort. Those guys aren't all of a sudden just going to try harder on, on, on defense. Did you watch the Browns game? Because they didn't even try to tackle Odell. It was at least two players that just ran happily out of bounds while my man Odell just scooted on down the line. So you Again. can't turn around effort. And if you, if, if you look at the coaching, Mike McCarthy, when has a Mike McCarthy-led team ever turned anything around? We're talking about Ron Rivera. We're talking about, like you mentioned, the, the man has cancer. These players are going to go out there and play with heart. They're going to compete every week. Washington definitely has the most chance to turn it around. And this little propaganda that you're spewing right now is—you're right. There, there, there are as a drug problem in the D.C. area is haterism. We tend to hate on our own squads out here. And T.B. from the area—he's probably sipped a little too much of that bad water. You know what I'm saying? What has Ron Rivera shade. done without hey. Superman? What has Ron hey, Rivera done without? What has Mark McCarthy, Mike McCarthy, done without Aaron Rodgers? Rome gets my vote, man. I'm voting for Rome, man. I'm ready, for, I'm ready to vote right now, man. I'm going are to you vote. Me, Rome, are you man. telling me? Are you telling me? Peterson does. Are you telling me? Just oh. eyeball test. The the Cowboys offense doesn't look like they're more in sync than everybody in that division. Yes, but their defense is telling- like the worst, and then worse than everybody's in that division. So I mean, we can go both Terrible. ways with that. We can go both ways with that. Which way do we want to go? I, I want to go with the team that's going to score points. All right, so they're going to score points. Right, they're gonna be if you they're can score, score points because you're gonna be in the other every team game. Scoring, they're gonna be scoring points because the other team is scoring in droves. So the only way they can possibly compete is to score, right? Yep. That's why but they're that's scoring. Keep, they're down thirty. They're not gonna keep you in every game. They're down thirty points. <laughs> that's why they See, came back. Arguing, they came back arguing for a squad that would be zero and four if somebody would have just fell on the ball. They would be. They wouldn't have beat the Falcons if somebody would just fell on the ball. They just they watched the Cowboys beat them. I, well, like, anybody willing to bet on the record of this division? Let's go over two, under. Two, over under. Over under eight games. You think eight is fair number? You know what's yeah. crazy? You know what's crazy? When we did our predictions, I believe me and Bryce actually picked the Cowboys to win the East. But did, um, here, here, here we go. A month into it. <laughs> right. Right. No, all that's out the window. I forgot. <laughs> now hey, I forget. Oh, their defense wasn't supposed to be this disappointing. That's really what the problem is. Hold on, is, the bet, is the bet over under eight games, or is the bet – what are we betting on? Because I'm down. I'm down for this NFC lease bet. That's over under eight games. You tell me over No, under. no, no. We bet on which team is going to turn it around. So what team is going to have the better record? The Cowboys. Oh, you get the best record in the division? Yes. Who's going to win the division? The Eagles. <laughs> Hey, that was Scruff's pick a month ago. It was. It didn't change. It didn't change. You seen? You seen the pick them? Check my pick them. I picked the, the Eagles barely beat a 49ers team with Nick Mullins throwing the ball <laughs> to the defense, point shaving. You know what I'm saying? With two a red zone pick and a pick six. Team were a ten win team last week for you. Yeah, 
You're not playing like a 10 win team this year. <laughs> no, y'all, y'all are a 10 win team. Y'all got the depth of the greatest depth in the league from the way you tell it. We so, we are a 10 know, win team. I can't that's a respectable predict, dub. I can't predict Vegas paying my players to throw the game. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen nothing like that. All right. <laughs> I got a six year old to play quarterback. He don't even throw it directly to defense. Like <laughs> I, I've never seen nothing like that. Yeah, that Never was, seen that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. One thing the Eagles really can't talk too much about the scans because you know we beat them week one. So we we gonna hold on to that until we can't. As long as the division's <laughs> open, we we holding on to that. But let's keep it pushing, man, because this is other big NFL news that we gotta get to. And that of course is Bill O'Brien being fired from the Houston Texans, man. He did not go without leaving his mark. <laughs> and it was not a good one, man. I feel bad for Texans fans. Wrong. Let's let's get into it, Max. I know you're a big DeAndre Hopkins guy, so uh, let's start. Let's start there. The decision to let DeAndre Hopkins go shouldn't the writing have been on the wall for Bill O'Brien then? Man, first of all, like that has to be one of the dumbest trades across all of sports in possibly the last ten years. I mean, what did you get back in return for DeAndre Hopkins? You literally lost your job after you trade. You didn't win a game after you traded DeAndre Hopkins. Not one. <laughs> You lost right. all your games after you traded that man, and now you've lost your job as head coach and GM. You look like a clown. I mean, I'm sure this man knows football. No, no, no disrespect, you know, as a person. But uh, as far as as far as your tenure with the Texans go, you look like a clown. Let's go through it. Uh, traded DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, wasn't the Honey Badger once upon a time on the Texans? How how could you not keep that man? I'm pretty sure he just won a championship with the Chiefs. Uh, Jadavion Clowney. Isn't that man really good at football? Couldn't J.J. Watt possibly use another great pass rusher or someone to, you know, even, even if he is a little, you know, he, he could probably stick around on that squad and, and help out. I mean, they're 0-4. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. And then the bad offense that has been plaguing this team, it's been Deshaun Watson or bust since he's been on the team. It's been him throwing it deep to DeAndre Hopkins, and you trade him away. So it's him throwing it deep to Kenny Stills and Will Fuller. I mean, these guys are okay, but. The way the offense has been run, you, you brought David Johnson in. It, it, it's just all a mess, and you really can't blame anybody but Billy O'Brien. He's been the GM. He's been the head coach. I mean, this ain't Little League. Who gets that much control outside of Bill Belichick? And why was Bill O'Brien given that much control? What has he done that's comparable to Bill Belichick? Nah, hey, you, you making some good points, man. I don't think anybody can disagree with it. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy to think that Bill O'Brien got rid of that many guys and, and still kept his job. That many great guys at that. Uh, let's not forget the fact that he traded a first-round pick away for Laramie Tunsil. I mean, hey, Laramie Tunsil might end up being a great offensive tackle, but I don't think the Texans have a first or a second-round pick next season. So now they don't have a first, second, or a head coach. T, what do you think about this whole situation, man? I mean, it's racism. I mean, let's just call it what it is—a a black, a, a black <laughs> coach. I'm about to say, yo, you know what? It's racism, man. Hey, I left a that one. I left that one off the off there for T. I knew he let's was. Let's just call it what it is. A black yeah. coach will never get that much leash. It's uh, privilege. It's privilege. It's, uh, they got my man Jim Caldwell <laughs> out of Detroit for Matt Patricia to come in and be worse. Yeah, but they made it. They made the right decision, right? Cut your losses. It took them too long, but. He's out. You can start rebuilding now. I think Romeo Cornell's the interim head coach. He probably won't get that job next year. But for right now, there's a black coach and a black quarterback and a chance to make something happen. I mean, what else? You can't you can't go lower than the bottom. They're at the bottom, right? And I just want to say one thing. Last week was a must-win game for Houston, obviously. 
and the Vikings. I told my boy Hansel, right? Yeah, if y'all if know Hansel out there, if you see him slapping for me, I told him, Bryce told him the Texans were done. This man called me personally to tell me they weren't done. <laughs> Call me crazy. That's that's the only reason I'm bringing this up right now. Right? Call me crazy. Call me crazy. And this, and then tweeted about it like he gave me, the, you know, what I'm saying like he gave me the tea. Like he told me that that the Texans. Were so if you if you know Hansel, you see him in person, slap him for me real quick. I give you a gas hat, man. Some free gas. Hey, shout out, shout out to Hansel though, man, because uh, you know he always been rocking with the gang, gang. So we appreciate that. And you know what? I was I agreed with Hansel to start the season. So maybe Romeo Cornell will come in here, galvanize the troops, and they'll turn it around and make my Super Bowl prediction come true. Cause uh it's horrible. It's looking horrible right now. <laughs> up, man. What do you think about this Bill O'Brien news? You know, I understand. I understand. I don't know when these organizations are gonna learn from about putting too much power in these college head coaches. These guys are not built to run programs for grown men. And then they have these, like, these bonehead moves. Like, first of all, y'all know how I feel about the value of running backs in the NFL. No disrespect to any running backs out there. But y'all know how I feel about the value of running backs in the NFL. And if you have a great quarterback in a pass-happy league, then you, you, keep the, you keep the combination together. You don't go and trade for a running back. Literally the least valuable <laughs> position on offense. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, yo. Almost, actually, it's not. It's not because it's almost as dumb as when Chip Kelly, another college football guy, took control of the Eagles, cut Deshaun Jackson, traded LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonzo. He's not even in the league anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like these dudes, it's 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 it's, it's, it's pathetic, man. Stop, stop. You shouldn't be giving that much power. It should be a coach and then a GM. Just leave it like that. Romeo Cornell ain't galvanizing shit. So let's just start there. He ain't about to do nothing. He had a nice, nice tenure as a defensive coordinator throughout his career. He's not a head coach. But I will go ahead and go on record and make my uh, coaching suggestion of who the Texans should hire. And you're right, T. It is racism. That's why they need to end the racism and hire a black coach. The best black coach in the league. Possibly the best offensive mind in the league. Eric Bieniemy. I'm campaigning yes, for him now. Eric Bieniemy. Go hire that man. Houston, if Houston wants to be Kansas City... They go take Eric Bieniemy, put that up with, with 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 Watson. Now you got some real tactical minds going head to head because we'll see who's the real secret sauce in uh, Kansas City. Is it really Andy Reid or is it Eric Bieniemy? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you bring you bring, you make a great point, man. I I think that would be a great marriage between Bieniemy and Deshaun Watson. I don't think it's any better than that, uh, especially seeing what he's done with Pat Mahomes. Deshaun Watson definitely a guy with a similar skill set. And back to Bill O'Brien, man, he was getting rid of guys like he was running a, a college program and, and Bam was on scholarship. He was looking at those 30, it was a $25 million scholarship. He's in a contract. <laughs> you know, I don't know what he was thinking, man, but Bill O'Brien, a different type of dude. Uh, so I, I think we're done talking about him, man. Let's move to something that we've been talking about a lot over the past five, six months now, guys. COVID. COVID-19 refuses to go away. And uh, something that we've been dealing with. And, you know, here at Gas, we've been fortunate enough to have no reported incidents of COVID. Luckily, our platform is social distance, so we don't got to worry about that. But, you know, it, it, it sucks to see that uh, the, the impact this disease has really had. And then NFL is a trivial thing at the end of the day. And, you know, when it really comes down to lives, that's what really matters. And people are still losing their lives. And that, that, that's a sad thing. But obviously, we are a sports show. So we'll stick to the NFL for this. Uh, 
Guys, over or under 16-week season, do, does the NFL finish? Do they find a way to finish no matter what? I, I think they've proven that they will, but I just want to hear what you guys think about that. T, what up? I've said from day one, man, if there's a league that doesn't care about the, their players, you know what I'm saying, it's the NFL. They're going to finish this season. I don't care who gets COVID, they'll, they'll quarantine. You got to play your backups like New England did. Um, they're going to finish. I think the next step might be to put the teams in a bubble. I think that's what they're talking about. If um, They're even talking about uh, making teams forfeit if people violate it, you know what I'm saying, their little COVID agreements and things like that. People have been risk takers and been too risky. I don't know if I'm on board with forfeits, but that just lets me know they're going to finish the season. You're going to see all 16 weeks. You're going to see a playoffs, Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, the whole shebang. They're going to make their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think I think they've proven that. And they, they, I'm not even going to go into the things the NFL has done to, you know, make sure their money keeps rolling in. I think it's well documented. There's documentaries. There's movies. So y'all can check those out. But we know that this is a money-making machine, and that, that that's what drives it. That's what drives it at the end of the day. Scruff, how do, how do, what do you think about this season, how it's going? I mean, obviously, I think we all feel like it'll probably get finished somewhere or another. But uh, with more and more teams coming up with COVID, what do you think is the best uh, the best course of action for the league? I'm concerned, to be honest. Um, uh, we've seen we've seen outbreaks. We've seen a similar situation with um, the MLB. Um, the encouraging thing about the MLB is we're seeing them finish their season now. So um, I do I am concerned about the uh, COVID uh, positive tests, especially when you got like be half of a team popping up with COVID, then I don't know what you do with that situation. The game's going to be postponed. They might have to move some games around. Uh, there might be some, like, consolation games at the end. They might have to just toss them up. They might end up, you know, having to just squeeze them in however they can. But I, I agree with y'all. I think they're going to find a way to get it done. And um, I think it's going to go, um, you know, like <clears> a full <throat> 17 games or 17 weeks, rather. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think you're right. I think you're right. But, you know, this disease is – it's proven nothing to play with. I mean, at the end of the day, the president of the United States got it, right? And, uh, you know, he's supposed to be one of the most protected people in the world. Uh, you know, this disease is going to get anybody it can. Obviously, we saw Cam Newton go out with it, uh, and that that affected the game, you know? So, Ron, what do you, how, how big of an impact on games going forward do you think this disease will have? Because, I mean, obviously, or this virus, I should say, excuse me, but obviously it's one thing to impact, right, just – league rules right breaking breaking protocols and things like that but it's a whole other thing when we talk about game plans being altered uh money lines from bets being changed last second you know what i mean spreads being affected <laughs> you think this is something we're going to be dealing with the rest of the season uh with games really be starting to be affected by the by the covid 19 <laughs> as you cough <laughs> <laughs> yeah man bad timing right we live nah um I mean, we've already seen it. The uh, the Patriots Chiefs had to move their game back all because just Cam Newton caught it. I believe a, a practice squad player on the on the Chiefs also might have might have caught it as well. Uh, and then you saw the Tennessee Titans. I want to say between between players and staff, about twenty or so people caught it, and they had to push their game back to a later date. Uh, one thing is for sure, though, like T said, the NFL is going to keep it rolling no matter what they have to do, um, whether that means more testing, more whatever, more protocols by Finding teams for not wearing masks, for violating the protocols, whatever they got to do to keep it going, they're going to keep it going. So I do believe we'll see, um, you know, a Super Bowl champion crown this year. And a lot of the coaches have already said it. The most disciplined, the most disciplined team 
is going to be the team that uh that comes out on top. You gotta you gotta put yourself in a bubble. Basically, you're not going to be able to do a bubble realistically until the playoffs when they when it gets narrowed down and there's less teams, less players to to bubble up, so to say. But uh, until then, man, it's going to be incumbent upon each player, each team, to do everything that they can to try not to catch it. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's a little bit bigger than football, you know. So prayers out to Cam Newton and the and the twenty players and personnel out on the on the Titan staff. You'd hate to hear or see anything bad happen to them. Uh, but yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully this is you know the biggest little spike we see. I'm sure we'll see some other cases down the line. But hopefully, this is as bad as it gets, and we can uh, just enjoy football. Yeah, yeah. I think that's well put, man. I think that's well put, and a good way to close that uh, that portion of it out, man. So keeping it pushing. Uh, we all know. Well, if you don't know, you missed out because we got the bit. We got the, excuse me, the gas league. Uh, the Gas Fantasy Football League, and it's, it's going pretty well, at least for me. Uh, I guess I can't speak for everybody. But let's get into it, and I'm going to give a little bit of background on the league. We open the league for all fans to be a part of, and we've got pretty good – we got really, really good participation, so much so that we had to expand it into an 18-team fantasy league. Only 32 teams, so that means there's 32 starting quarterbacks every week. And we've got 18 teams, so it's definitely gotten interesting – I want to hear what you guys think about an 18-team format because I believe that fantasy football could be moving towards larger uh, league sizes. So, T, I, I'm going to start with you, man, because I already know where, <laughs> I know which side you're going to go. But uh, I just want to hear hear your opinion. Let's see. Let's let the people hear. So my team started off to a strong 0-4. And um, <laughs> so I, got, I have Kyler Murray. I have one of the stronger um, fantasy quarterbacks. He's a top 10 guy. My running back, Monster 49ers, he was hurt, so that kind of derailed the whole thing. I, I have to say it's interesting, right? Look, Tylo getting trashed. I think he's one in three. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's great in theory, and maybe I'm biased because I'm losing, but I don't even – I'm just looking at my roster, right? Like you said, 18 quarterbacks. There's no once my once my uh, Cardinals going to buy. I don't even have a, a backup to play. Like I won't. <laughs> you know that was got two three quarterbacks on their roster. Now maybe that's strategy. Maybe I should have dra- drafted two guys. I sh- I could have did the math right. I should have did the math. But um, what I, what I will say is, it's it's it's, it's interesting. You it's nothing like you've ever done. You really got to think about every single waiver move. You got to pay attention to anybody that's dropped, any trades that happen. Um, it's not for the casual sports fan, and that's what makes it fun. Um, don't know that I'd do it again. Well, I'll say this. I, I'd do it again. I don't know if I'd do it for any amount of money, but I'd definitely do it again. <laughs> because it, it is entertaining. It, it is entertaining to see how people approach these drafts and if it's paying out for them or not. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I like uh Shout out to my wife. She she's in the league, Big Shirley. Uh, that's not a metaphor for how she looks, thankfully. <laughs> but uh, she, she's three and one in the league. <laughs> and, yeah, she's doing way better than you. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's going, right, I should have let, dra- let her draft for me, man. Man, maybe we should have her on bottom left. But uh, <laughs> 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 hey, uh, oh, yeah, nah, one, one thing for sure. One thing for sure is it definitely tests your knowledge. Of uh, of football because you know you got it. You're going deep in the roster someday. I mean, 
I've, I've already used a couple guys that I've already dropped off my team, one-week starters. Scruff, man, let, let, let's hear what you think, man. 18-team uh, fantasy football league, is it worth it? You know, you know, you know, you, I mean, I, I think you should know my answer. But the answer is yes. It tests the real GMs. You know me. I got the, I got the GM hat on. You know what I'm saying? I, I've done it before. I'm one of the best GMs out there, for real. The Sixers <laughs> should have hired me, not, not Elden Brand. But that's a whole other story. But, yo, I, I love the GM shit because it's like, yo, you really got to you gotta really draft deep. You got you to have a depth on your team, and you got to be ready to move and maneuver because this season, it's like a double whammy because, yo, we got an 18-team league. It's, it's, it's like you got to have a deep team, and, you're gonna, and then it's like the most injuries we've ever seen in a season plus COVID. So now it's just like a free-for-all, literally. Like half my team went down with injuries. I got two IR spots. Both of them are filled. I had the third guy on IR. I had to drop him. I had to get <laughs> I got I got I got dudes I got dudes I got literally five six dudes that are on my bench hurt they can't play I've got guys that I had that were on my sleeper list that are now starters for me a couple couple names that are out there T Higgins he's been going off you know what I'm saying Anthony Miller he's been going off you know what I'm saying that's why you draft deep you draft sleepers I draft I build my team kind of like like the Denver Nuggets you know what I mean real deep. Next man up, baby. Scruff Lion. Lion's dead. Check me out. Hey, what, was, what was that record? What was that record two again? Two. Two, and two. two and two. Through <laughs> diversity. He did have that undefeated talk. I don't know. Twenty more points than me. <laughs> I can't get a win out here, man. Hey, well, what Overcoming adversity. Just let it be known. The Lions dead. Scruff makes a great point, man. You got you got to uh, you got to overcome adversity. Hey, Big Shirley getting W's on here. Hey, but you got to you got to overcome adversity for sure in this league. I mean, a lot of people were complaining about their top option going down. And hey, my first round pick was Saquon Barkley. So you know, it is what it is. Sometimes in the eighteen man league, like Scruff said, this next man up. Wrong. How have you fared so far, man? What, how, how how have you felt being in a league of this size? Man, it's crazy. Honestly, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because uh, the dopest part about being in an 18 man league is 18 different personalities, 18 different thoughts. Uh, the waiver wire is crazy in an 18 man league. You have no idea who might be thinking of a guy. Like you think you know a sleeper, but then you got 17 other people who also think they know a sleeper. So you really, really, really got to know your sleepers. It's crazy, man. Like it's crazy, especially like Scruff said with COVID and all the injuries. It's been a wild year. I too am two and two. I'm not gonna have any big boasters talk though, because uh, it's, it's been a struggle. You just gotta you gotta do what you gotta do and get that the best lineup you can get in there, man. <clears throat> but I'm confident though. I'm confident. Uh, if the playoffs started right now, I'd be in it. So that's all I needed. That's all I need. That's One week that, at a time. That's all. That's all that matters, man. Is eight teams make the playoffs for anybody that was wondering. So we got 18 teams. Eight make the playoffs. Hey, man, like I said, I think this is the route that uh, fantasy football is headed. I, I, I think as the time goes on, we're going to see the league expand and expand. And maybe the league, we, the NFL even expand a little bit. But uh, I'm actually in 30. I think Scruff's in one, too. I'm in a 32-man 32, league, which is just ridiculous. I mean, you're talking about a waiver wire. The waiver wire is crazy. But, uh, <laughs> hey, man, shout out to everybody as a part of the Gas League. The winner will be getting gas merch. You're going to be gas merched up if you win the gas league. I just, I just Gas head to toe if you win the gas league. So shout out to whoever ends up winning. Yeah, man. Yeah, right now, man. The, right now, gas team 4-0 is a 
KB, man, he, he's on top right now. And for the gas community, it's a uh, I don't even know who this guy is. White, white something. He's one of the legit. He's legit. He's one of the fans. He was he was popping. He was popping talk early, saying he was going he was going to be doing well. So he 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 hey. man his work. Well, shout out to him because uh, he's doing better than me. I don't want to play. <laughs> I'm, I'm projected to lose by uh, forty this week. So. Yeah, mm. but let's 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 get out of fantasy. Let's get to the real world, man. I'm gonna hop over to some more real world transactions that's going on. So, uh, new new hire, new hire in the basketball world. Um, I I didn't see this one coming. Some people love it. Some people are calling it a disastrous hire. You know what I'm saying? A terrible hire. I'm just telling you what the streets say, Scruff. I know you're looking crazy. Uh, <laughs> to Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? Playoff piece in the packet, and now he's in Philly. What's what's going to happen next, man? Can he can he really fix this mess that's going on in Philly right now? Scruff, that's your mob. You take it. All right, bet. Yo, the short answer is yes, yes, yes. There's no better coach, no better hire. You know, it's real. It's real life, man. Because you can see what was going on in the process. Sixers were going through the process. They had Mike D'Antoni in for an interview. They had a couple other guys in. They had Teron Lou in for an interview. They were trying to hold out. They actually were trying to do a two-step process. But when you see the right one, you go in, you lock it down. That's what they did with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers was available. They fired. He got fired. He got scapegoated, by the way. She never got fired. But, yes, go. Scapegoat. He got scapegoated out of the job with the Clippers. Now, literally within a day of him being fired, the Sixers bring him in. They watch the, the Heat in the finals together. It's like a date almost. They went on a date. Sixers dated the guy. They brought him in, watched the Heat game. They were like, damn, that could be us. Next day, that man had an offer. All I'm saying is when you have a team like the Sixers, we obviously have a, we're dysfunctional. Like, let's be, let's be honest. We're a dysfunctional franchise. The culture in Philadelphia is Maybe you could even say toxic. One of the people, my most, my most hated words of 2020. We have a toxic team culture. <laughs> really though, really though. Jimmy Butler spoke on it himself. He said it um, behind the scenes, JJ Reddick podcast. He said, literally, going in every day, he didn't know who was in charge. He could barely tell who was in charge. That's a leadership problem. That's a culture problem. Then he said, hey, I was just confused the next guy. That's accountability issues. Get Josh Richardson come in. He just came in for Jimmy Butler in a trade. He just he's the new guy on the block. And he's like, Yeah, there's major accountability issues within the team. When the new guy is saying that, you know you have a problem. It's a big problem. Um now Doc Rivers is the perfect guy for the job because you know about his his um his experience in Boston. He did a tremendous job bringing a couple of veterans together that really couldn't get it together and get over hump. They took he took Guys that were really leaders of their own teams in their own rights, brought them together, jailed them, and created a true team, a true team culture. Y'all know about the uh, the joint on Netflix right now. Go check that out. Ubuntu. That's all you need to know. That's the culture that he is creating. If you don't know what Ubuntu means, I suggest you look it up. That is the culture. Look it up. I see you looking crazy. Look it up. Enlighten yourself. Learn something new today. It's about creating a culture within the community. All for one, all for one for all. Low-key gas lives on the Ubuntu. Uh, y'all just don't even know it. Um, but real talk, Doc Rivers, he's the right guy. Because when you got dudes like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, those type of personalities, you need a coach they're going to respect. Doc Rivers, he's got championship pedigree. He's going to respect it. One thing he said uh, within that documentary, he said, 
One thing you're going to know about me, I'm a human being, right? I make mistakes. But one thing that you will also know about me is I'm going to do whatever it takes to lead the team. It may not be the best for me. It may not be the best for you, but it will be best for the team. That's the philosophy the Sixers need right now. And I think with the right maneuvering of the roster, they can be in the Eastern Conference Finals next season. They can be a legit contender out of the East. Hey, Bryce, you know, you know who he sounds like? Who is that? <laughs> me and you when we hired when they hired Ron Rivera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and drinking and, the Kool Aid. Yeah, rebuilding it. Getting ready for rebuilding it. It's a rebuild. <laughs> hey, but, hey nah, but hold up, Scruff. You, I've heard the same thing. I know a guy who uh, I used to work with. A guy, his son was drafted. Um, well, he wasn't drafted. I'll say this: he he was an unsigned. I mean, he was a signed free agent, right? to the 76ers, he had nothing good to say about the organization, top to bottom. So everybody can't be lying. Uh, but I'm not sure Doc Rivers is the guy. Seems like a desperation hire. Uh, Bryce, what, like, how, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, I think Doc Rivers is a good hire for any team that needs a head coach. Uh, Doc Rivers is just a good head coach in the, the day. Uh, I'm not going to say he's the GOAT, like my, like my boy Ty Lowe said. I wouldn't go that far, but Doc Rivers is definitely one of the best coaches of this generation. I mean, it's, if you have a championship in this generation, it's safe to say you're one of the best coaches, and he's got one of those. But since that championship, he hasn't done much, and he's had some, some legitimate pieces. I mean, he had Chris Paul in Lob City. That amounted to nothing, you know. And then, obviously, this most recent, this most recent uh, run with Kawhi and Paul George, it didn't amount to much. And those are personalities that you would think would be able to mesh pretty well. I mean, those are guys, especially Kawhi Leonard, that's all about winning. And now we're talking about personalities like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, too, that haven't proven to mesh on the court yet. Uh, as dynamic as both may seem uh, at times, I, I, they haven't really been able to put it together with that yin and yang property to where your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. It always seems like it's should it be me? Should it be you type of thing? And uh, if Doc can mesh them together, I think it would be I think it would work. But in my opinion, like they say, styles make fights. I think styles make basketball teams and these styles just do not match well enough for them to succeed together. So I think if Doc is smart, he's going to try to identify which one he can get the most most back for. And, I, and in my opinion, you just really can't give up Embiid, although he probably gets you a little more back than Simmons. I think Embiid is too much of a dynamic. I'm not gonna call him once in a generation, but he about three or four in a generation. You know what I mean? It just doesn't happen too often with Embiid. And uh, I would keep him, and I would I would honestly start shopping Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't think they'll do that. I think this. That's why I think this will be more like a rebuilding year. It'll be let's see what we got. Let's see if I can make this work. Because if this doesn't work with Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid this season, who you gonna blame? Because y'all got a new coach, so now it gotta work. Or if it doesn't work, one of them is gone, right? That's where I am. So, so, I, I, I feel you. I'm not sure if anybody can get that, those two to work. Um, to me, it's two big men. You don't need two big men in today's basketball game. But what you think, Rome? You think is, is Doc the guy to make this work? Or does he, you know, is there something brewing that's going to fix this? I think Doc's the guy to make it work, but it might not work how it is right now. It might require changes. I think you you guys all hit it hit it on the head. It's going to be a, a rebuild. See what you have. Uh, if Doc doesn't think he can make it cook with that, then you're going to need new ingredients. But I think um, 
you know, Philly fans, Scruff, y'all got a lot to be to be excited for. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not knocking Doc as as a coach. He's he's a great coach. Uh, it's, it's it's reason to be optimistic. They always say trust the process. With Doc as head coach, this is a process that you can definitely uh, start to trust. Well, I feel you. Let me give my take real quick. I think I don't. I don't think you need Doc to win with that team. I I think you just need the right arrangement of talent. They have talent. You got to get rid of Tobias Harris. You got to get rid of Al Horford. You need a elite guard play on the perimeter. You need what they thought Markel Folks was going to be in Philly. You know, he's he's starting to come into his own, but you need that guy on the outside that people are scared of. And they, they don't have a guard that really puts fear in your heart. And you can't just – today's NBA, man, you're not just going to beat people inside. Ben Simmons playing inside and B playing inside. And honestly, Ben Simmons and uh, B just playing a little too much outside. I'd like to see Doc change that. But something's got to give. They Like Scruff said, this is a team you might see in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think there was a chance this year if it wasn't a bubble. You just, you just don't know. Go ahead, Scruff. Come back in. I got one more point. We're talking about roster shuffling. I want to just um, give you all a little insight on some of the names I've been hearing through some of my league sources. Uh, a couple names that have been out there. Buddy Heald, Drew Holiday, a couple names that are in rotation for the Sixers to pick up um, that wouldn't involve them trading uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Um, I'm hearing the Kings are high on Horford. We all know Drew Holiday. Uh, perfect combo guard, I think, would be a good combination, a good fit in Philly. Uh, Buddy Heald, a catch-and-shoot option. Uh, something they've been sorely lacking since J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler's departure last season. So there's two names to look out for. I'd love to see Drew Holiday out there, one of my favorite guards to watch. Uh, I don't know about the Buddy Hill thing, but it could work. I mean, that gives a, that's that's the J.J. Redick they lost. You get, get another shooter. I, I, don't, I don't know. They got a lot of uh, fires to put out and things to clean up. Yeah. Yeah, man. So let's go ahead and, and go ahead and transition to this last this last topic of the night, man. I'm actually really excited for it. It's a uh, top five movie villains, man. And if everybody that's watching live, you know, or checking us out on YouTube, peep the shirt. I'll give you a couple little hints of some of my villains. Uh, but I'm not going to kick this one off, man. I'm going to throw it to Bryce to kick this one off. man. Let's, let, let's hear it, Bryce. Who are your top five movie villains? All right, let's get into it, man. I, too, am excited for this segment. I think it's a good one. Number five. I got a classic, man. I got a classic. And it's Darth Vader. I mean, I, I feel like Darth Vader got to be on somebody else's list, man, because Darth Vader is a classic villain. You know, all, all I think about every time I think of Darth Vader is, look, I am your father. Hey, bro, who wants to find out that that's their father in that way? That's a horrible way to find out that's your father. For that alone, man, that, that dude was a top five villain in my book. Number five, I got Darth Vader. Number four, this I had to go back to my childhood a little bit, but the Home Alone dopes, man. These guys are just <laughs> the, dope, the dopiest <laughs> villains of all time, and my man was just saucing them at every step of the way. But they were the wet bandits, the sticky bandits, <laughs> sticky bandits, exactly. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta include them though, man, because you know they they just make my top five. Number three, this is when I get a little serious, and uh, I think someone's gonna have this guy on their list: Dark Knight Joker. Dark Knight Joker is one of the possibly the best villain of all time. I couldn't be mad if that's anybody's number one because uh, that's just an all-time great villain. I'm not going to get in too much into that. Uh, <clears throat> great villain. Number two comes from my all-time favorite movie, and that's Agent Smith. 
Agent Smith in the Matrix is vicious, bro. Like Agent Smith, every time they think they got Agent Smith beat, Agent Smith turned into a million Agent Smiths. Like I, I ain't going nowhere. Bro. Agent Smith is ridiculous with it. And number one, I think y'all know who my number one is, right? He's not just one of my, not just my all-time favorite villain, but my all-time favorite Marvel super super, and that is my guy, Thanos, aka Big Thanos. AKA Mr. Big Leaguer. Y'all know what it is, man. <laughs> I'm not the Thanos, man. My number one super. I always go back to that time, man. He had to kill his daughter, his own daughter. Man, had just one tear creep down, man. I'm, if you only shed one tear for your daughter, it's something serious, man. <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> hey, Thanos is crazy, man. Thanos so, lost his own. Thanos shed is definitely tear. crazy, bro. Pushing like. Shed a tear and just didn't think about it after, man. This is crazy. Yeah, I, I so uh, Scruff, man, why don't you go next, man? Give us your top five movie villains. That was a solid list. Very solid, very solid, very solid. I'm gonna kick it off with number five. I'm gonna give a show a little love to some new blood in the Marvel universe. I got Killmonger. You feel me? That dude was bad, man. He was bad. He was bad. You you had to root for the kid. My man got left from Wakanda. Grew up in the hood. This is my kind of superhero, man. He came out there. He said, I'm coming for you. Came for the king. Took him down, actually. You feel me? You know, it wasn't for that magical voodoo stuff. He would have been the kingston. But uh, that's a whole other story. Um, number four. Y'all know me. I know I don't always color inside the lines. I don't always follow the rules. I'm kind of a rule breaker to a certain extent. So, hey, this guy's actually not from a movie. But he's a great villain. Uh, Dr. Wells, the reverse Flash from the, the Flash series. This dude was posing as his mentor. He was posing as his mentor, trained him just to basically go head to head with him and basically, you know, continue on the saga. He was nuts. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know he was a villain. He was literally a good guy for the whole 12, first 12 episodes. So they found out his secret. It was love. Just check it out. If y'all, if y'all already know, um, the Flash, Candace Patton, she's beautiful. Um, definitely check that out. Oh, Number you, three. Hold oh, on, you called him the Reverse Flash. The Reverse yeah, Flash. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah the Reverse okay. Flash. The Reverse Flash. Yes, the man in the yellow suit, if you will. Um, number three. Um, I'm taking it a little left field. I don't think anyone's gonna have this guy on the list. But if you know about the Harry Potter series, you know that this dude is one of the baddest in the game. <laughs> Voldemort, the name that should not even be named. I violated saying his name, Voldemort. Yo, they couldn't kill this guy. Like, literally, five, six, seven, eight movies, novels, big, long novels. Unstoppable, pretty much. It took him, like, pretty much forever to beat him. Uh, Voldemort, um, pretty much one of the baddest uh, villains in the game. Shout out to all my Harry Potter folks. Yup. Um, that's a good one. Uh, number two, uh, I got to go Thanos. You know, like, Thanos. Snapped his finger, end of the world. Pretty badass. You feel me? Pretty badass. Honestly, probably deserves to be number one. But I got a secret, special uh, spot in my heart for number one. And it's a repeat. But it is the Joker. The Joker from really all the series. But the Heath Ledger Joker was, to me, I know I love good acting. I love good art. Um, this man put his heart and soul into that uh, performance. And you felt it. It didn't feel much more real than the Joker Heath Ledger's version of the Logan Joker from The Dark Knight, to me, the greatest villain of all time. Yeah, man, that's another mm. great, great list. I like See, that before, list. 
before I kick it to you, I'm going to go first. I want to save you last because I know you're a movie guy. So I'm very interested to hear your list. I think it'd be good to end on you. Uh, okay. Before I go, though, man, I, it's a lot of love for Thanos and a lot of love for the Joker. I'm kind of surprised nobody's put Bane on their list uh, from from the, the Dark Knight trilogy. But I'm going to go ahead and kick it off, man. My list sounds a lot similar to Scrush list because I'm starting off with number five as Killmonger. Uh, the only reason he's number five on my list, personally, I would have had him higher. This is a, a list of villains, though, and, and in my mind, he's – Halfway, not even a villain. Like, if we did a list of heroes, he might be number five on that, too, uh, if you know what I'm saying. He, he wasn't all the way wrong. Might have been a little bit extreme, but depending on your taste, might have been just, just what you want. <laughs> number, number four is another extreme villain who, who I think y'all might get a little laugh at this, but this comes from a kid movie, uh, The Lion King, Scar. Number four hey, villain hey, of all time hey, on my list is Scar. Hey, and the hey, reason he made my list is because... He scarred me, bro. Watching him kill Mufasa, <laughs> bro, like when I was young, to this day, I remember that feeling, man. That was like probably the first time I was like, man, like it's wrong to kill people, bro. Like like that shit hit me, bro. Like I was like, that was some horrible. Like I felt bad for Simba, bro, but let me keep it pushing, man, because I, I might get a little emotional right now, man. Scar really did me in. Number three on my list, uh, I'm a Marvel guy. I got to throw Loki up on this list. Um, he was one of the greatest Marvel Marvel villains of all time, man. Like he kept coming back. He the way they played his character. Is he good? Is he not? He had a little bit of comedic relief at times, and it was it was just perfect the way they, they the way they intertwined his character throughout the whole universe. The way they do with a lot of a lot of characters. He was one of the best. Number two, I'm a Marvel guy, but I gotta throw this performance in there. The Heath Ledger Joker, classic performance. Probably could be number one. Completely debatable. Maybe if I wasn't leaning so heavy on Marvel, I would have put him at number one. We could probably put this as one of the best performances in general. Uh, so rest in peace to Heath Ledger. That was an incredible performance. But my number one, I'm a Marvel guy. It's got to be Thanos. Bryce alluded to it, man. He killed his own daughter. Uh, not even that, man. Scruff said it. He snapped half the population and not just the world, the whole universe. Anything that exists, half of everything that exists, gone. And he did it all thinking that that was going to make everything better. What's even crazier is the Avengers had to invent time travel to beat this man, and he still almost kicked their ass. How many how many <laughs> video things did Doctor Strange have to go through and they only beat him once? Come on, man. Thanos is that dude, bruh. Thanos is that dude. You telling me he's one in 43 million or 43 million and one? Like, come on now. Get out of here, bruh. Thanos, he wins every time. We just happen to watch the one movie that he lost, so... On my top five movie villains, Thanos is number one. Hey, man, I love y'all villains. Um, especially Killmonger almost made my list. Thanos almost made my list. I love a, a villain with purpose, man. Like, in their mind, they was doing what was just. I, so, to me, those guys, man, not to mention they were just tough villains. They were hard to beat. You can't have a great hero without a great villain. And I, I think you could say you taking all of the Marvel, well, half of the Marvel Universe to fight a guy. You got to be a good feather, right? But um, they didn't make my list. My list, I got a couple guys that you guys had, too, a couple guys you didn't. But for number five, Scruff, I had Voldemort, man. Like, the, the guy, my man had people shook, man. He was like Omar in the wire. Like, you didn't say his name, bro. <laughs> like, you couldn't say the man's name. He was like, he was like the kid's version of Hitler. You know what I'm saying? My man wanted pure blood dominance. <laughs> and that was his thing. He wasn't, he wasn't for no muggles. 
You know what I'm saying? So Voldemort, <laughs> uh, like man, seven movies. When they get six, seven movies trying to beat you, you, you right. tough. So Voldemort, he he number five for me. Hey, four, Rome. I, I had I had the same guy, man. That, that scarred you. I'm at Scar, man. <laughs> First, like he's a kid's movie villain, right? But he basically told my man Simba, "You can't come back to the hood." <laughs> like, like you done it, you finish. All right, Simba, you finish. And the, the crazy part is, my man killed his own brother. You know how, if you have a brother, you know how heinous of an act that is. My man killed his own brother for what equated to food, food and women. <laughs> you know what I'm like, food and women. You would have got that off the strength that you was, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. The king's brother. But it don't get really more diabolical than that in real life. You are willing to kill your brother? That's crazy to me. So Scar made my number two. Uh, my number three, Hannibal Lecter. All right, this this guy, man. First of all, I love a smart villain. You know what I'm saying? And if you watch, I, I just love a smart villain. But he fed a man his own brain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. With a, with a glass of white wine. <laughs> Some of the stuff he was doing, I, like, first of all, Anthony Anthony Hopkins is, is, is a legend, period, but that's his defining role. Um, he, how you convince a guy to cut off your own face, right, and serve it to dogs, like you making dog food out of your own face. This is stuff that I don't even know how these writers come up with. Um, Hannibal's a guy you wouldn't want to come around in real life. He, he wore a guy's face. I don't know. He's he's my number three. Um, who who do I got for my number two? My number two, I got Bane. I, I'm a Joker. I mean, I'm not a Joker guy. I'm a Bane guy. He 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 just. I don't know, man. He he just talked to Batman in a way that just spoke to his soul. Told that man like, like basically, you're not from the dark, bro. Like I was I was born in the dark, like. Some of them quotes was crazy. And not to mention, he blew up Heinz Field. So, <laughs> shout oh, out wow. to the Bane. Yeah, that shit was crazy. You know what I'm saying? The Steelers. <laughs> probably hates Bane. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're a Steelers fan, you can't like Bane. But I, I, just, I just love how Bane talked. I mean, he could have killed Batman, but decided to break his back. Like, that was crazy to me. Crazy to me. I thought Heath Ledger probably played the Joker better. But I thought Bane was a much better character, a much better foe. I never had any real fear that Joker could hurt Batman. But Bane was something different. My number one, and a lot of people don't even know this movie, man. But it's 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 the old one, The Good Son, Henry, man. It's Macaulay Culkin. If you, I don't know if y'all, it might be before y'all kind, bro. But Macaulay Culkin was coming off of Home Alone one, Home Alone two. The, the, the wet bandits, the sticky bandits. He was coming off booby trap. The next movie he pops up in, you know what I'm saying, this is before Richie Rich, he was a psychopath. It's always something crazy about kids that that, that are, are psychos, kids that are going to kill people. They don't have no remorse. This man went, was trying to kill his family. He killed strangers, like babies. It didn't matter. It, it really didn't matter. And he, he was smart enough. Again, I love smart villains. To make it seem like he was just an innocent kid. If you've never seen The Good Son, man, it's, it's a classic. It's, it's a classic Macaulay Culkin. If you've only seen him playing these warm, bubbly roles where he's smiling and laughing, check out The Good Son. 
And uh, that wrap up my list. You'll see how he defined that whole genre of crazy uh, serial killer type kids, man, in movies. That's crazy, man. That's a gem. That's a gem, man. That's what that's. I'm glad that you seen that. A really good. Uh, that's why I'm not giving no spoilers. Man. Just watch it. I got a, a bonus really one. Here. I want a bonus villain. I forgot somebody actually. Oh, no, they didn't really didn't really have a great movie, but from like the comic book days, uh, Venom, one of my favorites. Venom, yeah, Venom is a is a classic Venom. villain in in general. In general, his yeah, movie was there, his but movie was but yeah, but he's a say, classic villain. Jig, Jigsaw almost made my list. Number six for me was Jigsaw, man, from the Saw movies. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that was my number yeah, six. Jigsaw, I Jigsaw was, in there, but he was, he was probably my top ten. For sure. That's another guy that thought he was doing the right thing, man. That's, that's, I'm starting <laughs> to see that's what makes a good villain, man. They're noble in their own mind. Man, All the best villains right. are that way. All the best villains. But I think the craziest one is, is definitely Scar, because he definitely hits different. Something, yeah, something about killing your own family member and then telling your nephew to get get the fuck. Yeah, that's that's real psycho shit. My man linked up with the ops. <laughs> you link up Killing with, the with hyenas, hyenas, bro. Like <laughs> he, linked, he linked up with a Whoopi Goldberg hyena. Right. <laughs> that was wild. That was wild. Oh, wild boy, man. That's hey, a wild. Man, well, we would love to hear from the fans on this too, man. If y'all have any crazy movie villains or any villains of any sort that we didn't name that y'all want to throw out there, man, definitely hit us on on Instagram or Twitter because we'd love to hear them. Yeah, definitely, also, definitely. I was gonna say if y'all if y'all like this top five segment, I don't know about y'all out there, but this this is actually my favorite segment that we do. If y'all got any suggestions for top fives, y'all go ahead and hit the comment button and uh, throw some out there. Maybe you'll see our top five coming up in the upcoming week. We are open to suggestions. You feel me? We are sports for the culture. We want to do what the people need. We are here for y'all. Hey, Scrub, that, that, gave, that gave me an idea, man. How about this? If you suggest a top five and we use it in the show, we sending you a gas hat. So get those top fives in and get your gas hat, man, because this, this hat is a must-have. It comes, it actually now, we, it comes with the mask to protect you from COVID. So you're not even just getting the gas hat. You're going to get a gas mask, too, man. Give us those top five suggestions. We need them. Definitely, definitely. Hit us up, man. Hit us up. Hit us up on our uh, on our Twitter. You already know at Good Ass Sports. We're also on Instagram. We're on every platform. The biggest platform you really need is download our app. That's where you get us all at one time, one spot, pure one stop for the gas. That's all you need. Download the apps on all platforms. Uh, Bryce, uh, anything you want to add in? No, nah, man. I think you got it. Hey, at Good Ass Sports everywhere. If you're not listening to us, you're missing out at this point. 25 episodes in. It seems like it only gets better. Hey, check it out, man. At Good Ass Sports. Download the app, Gas Network, in the App Store, Google Play Store. Get it. Gas up. Hey, fellas, let's uh, let's give them the tagline one time before we peace out. Sports for, Sports the, for, the, culture. for the culture. Sports for the culture.